Welcome to the 18 podcast. My name is Emmy and I'm joined by my friend. Patia. This is the very first time that we ever have a guest on the podcast. Hi. Hi. My name is Deborah and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you too. So with Deborah today, we're going to talk about our general growth and our personal and academic lives. Yes, we will. (laughs) So um, all three of us are 18. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we are all 18. Hold on, right? Sorry. This year is the year we are 18. Like we turn 18 this year. And we're all kind of looking at universities and um, also finishing school, realizing ourselves and everything. So Deborah, um, a question for you is, how do you feel you have grown from the moment like you started school till like now that you're ending it? Well, I'm sure you guys know, when I came to quit in grade eight, I was really antisocial. I had a lot of social anxiety so it was always a problem for me to open up and speak to people more and then I met this girl we went to the same church we went to the same school and we lived in the same area she really helped me open up to people more and then I think grade nine that's when I got to know you guys more grade 10 I think that's when you guys left so it was really a struggle for me because I thought I was friends with some people and then it turned out that I wasn't really as close to them as I thought I would be. And then grade 11 came along. There was a new group of people that came and then um, they became my closest friends and then all of them left. So yeah, my high school experience has been tough, but personally speaking, my growth um, came from grade nine and I think I'm still growing because I feel like I'm being tested every single term and um yeah so I've grown in a very different way than what I expected to grow in and are you happy with how it turned out to be or how cool you are right now yeah I'm happy now I'm really really at a like I'm really at a place where I can proudly say that I have friends who I know I think it was always just a struggle because I thought I was closer to people than I actually were. And then it became a whole thing of, I didn't know who my friends were. So I wrote like a list of people. And then every time they did something, I would put them lower and then I would put them higher. And it was just always such a problem. Now I'm really happy with myself. I feel like I'm really self-aware. Um, I did have a breakdown yesterday, but that was personal issues. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm good. I There's nothing I could, I, I think... I think the, the thing that um, I'm really stressed about is kind of like my future and how my personality is gonna, or how I have to kind of adapt to adulthood, but I can figure it out. I figured a lot of things out in my, in my life. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with who I am now. Mm-hmm. you know what you said you know what you said about the like you're making a list of all your friends and then putting them down I feel yeah. like I do kind of the same thing but what I do because I don't know I, th- I feel like it's toxic but you know like toxicity is the way it to is know. toxic <laughs> you um when no. anyone ever does anything wrong to me or does anything bad or says anything bad to me I put you in my notes and I write down everything you said. If you if you sent it as a message, everything is there. You know, just listed all the bad things you've ever said to me. Do you still do that now? What? Do you still do that now? 
Like, do you, that list that you have, do you still do that now? I think it's, I don't think it's a good thing to do. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> yeah. I know it's there. I'm probably at the bottom of the list. <laughs> it's not, like, okay, it's not like a list of people that I hate. It's just like, a, if you've ever done anything to me, I've put you on the list. And I've put the thing you've done to me just so that you like I know that this is what you've done. And you know, like sometimes you'll be reflecting on a friendship and be like, Am I happy? <laughs> is this like a good relationship? And going back and seeing everything that they've ever done to you is just like an eye-opener to be like, maybe this is not a good friendship for me. Like, you know, the friend that I cut out of my life. Yeah. Thank you to the list. Because if if I like if I didn't go back to Okay, there was one huge thing that she did to me that was just like a way, like a no. But if I didn't go back to the list, I think I would still be friends with her or I would still want to be friends with her. But thanks to my list, I'm good. <laughs> I was able to cut my well, ties. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Amy? Do you feel like you've grown? Like, how, much, how do you feel like you've grown? I feel like, yeah, as a human being, everyone continue, always grows, right? And non-stop learning. But... To me, I feel like I've grown as... I feel like I was a timid teenager down the prep. Yeah. And uh, I feel like I'm more socialized, sociable. And I am more... I like to talk to more people mm. rather than not talking at all. Mm. Compared to when I was in prep. Yeah. But, Deborah, do you feel like... Is there any moment that doesn't feel like, like, oh, I'm an adult now? Yeah, I think the household that I grew up in, especially having parents that travel quite a lot, my parents are always overseas. I think that taught me how to be an adult, especially because my brother's in university, he's in his final year. So he's not focusing on me. He's like, you are on your own, be an adult, grow up. So from a young age, it was always just a thing of, I would shop alone. I would um, do a lot of things alone. Um, I would pay for stuff alone. And I think that's just because my parents knew that they were busy and they would always be traveling. So I needed to do things by myself. So I think I am an adult. As soon as I turn 18, then I will officially be an adult. But I feel as though I already have like the characteristics of knowing how to pay bills, knowing how to, well, I don't know how to drive yet, but um, just like the basic things, um, knowing how to contact people at the bank, if there's an issue with your card, knowing how to kind of communicate I think that's, I don't even think that's a thing of adulthood. I just think that's a, a human thing in general, learning how to communicate and speak to people. If you got an order wrong in a restaurant and you know you paid for this, speak about that. Um, yeah, so I think I have, um, yeah, find my way in adulthood. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. But do you think that being as mature as you are and, you, you know, like it's like almost earlier than everyone else, your peers? Right, because yeah, like, I don't yes, sometimes yes. I don't know how to pay certain bills and stuff like that or do certain things. But you know, but do you think it's a good thing that you know those stuff earlier than everyone else? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I think I grew up in, I grew up in a very um, before I went to like this Crawford International. I was really I wouldn't say I was broke, but I wasn't middle class, so mm. it was really <laughs> hard. I think from a young age, I just like it was always just. I we had to kind of hustle and I hate to use that word but that is the reality that we had to work hard to get to where we are now and I think um as a child I always had to speak to adults about issues 
And so, yeah, I do think I have matured more than people who are my age, but that's just based on the life that I was brought up in. I think it's different for a lot of people. Um, if you grew up in like a household where um, you your parents were kind of like holding your hand and everything and you, you know, and you had struggles in different like aspects of life, then obviously that would be different too. So I think, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I am mature than, more mature than people my age, but I'm not really sure. Do you feel like it's a bit unfair that you had to grow up so much faster than like the rest of your peers? I do think it was unfair. I'm going to be honest. My parents were immigrants and I think it was just really hard, but they decided to leave their country to come to South Africa for a better life. And eventually that did end up working out. I, it could have gone two ways but I'm glad it went the, the, the better way. But um, I sometimes I do think it is a little bit unfair, but then I just, I just look back at my life and I'm like, okay, but all of this built me into who I am at mm. this current moment. Like, maybe it is a good thing. Yeah. A shortcut, don't you think? Comparing to- Yeah, it's a shortcut. It's cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Do you think you've grown or are you more mature than people that are like our age? Personally, I feel like I'm more, I'm not mature. I like you because like in my point of view I feel like my parents shouted me most of the things because I've had an, an older brother too and they tend to share family problems or issues with stuff they would share with my brother because they think that he's more mature he's an, he's an adult so then I won't I'll be clueless and I won't know anything so that's the thing that I don't like and I want to be an adult so I want to get involved and do something the family yeah that's one of the things how about you Fadia? I feel like I am more mature in certain aspects but then in like other parts of my life I think I'm like very behind and then yeah like it depends on what you're looking at where I feel mature no, in my opinion, yeah, I do think that is a downside for me personally also I just kind of feel like I don't get involved in adult conversations you treat me like an adult but then you don't add me in the conversations mm. where you guys speak about our things but I think over time I think it's just because I'm the youngest and I Emmy, you're the youngest so I just think it's the thing yeah, of the way that they view you. <laughs> yeah and since you like for example being this mature for your age and sometimes when you speak with your peers and stuff like that do you feel like you're not on the same wavelength since they don't know stuff you go you know I'm very fortunate to have friends who kind of grew up in a similar way but it's not like everyone went through the struggle but I think they have like struggles in different ways I think that a lot of my friends are more mature than me if I'm being honest I think like the advice that they give me is just beyond this world like I would have never thought that so I appreciate that but um I have one friend who she hasn't like been through well she has gone through things in her life but um she is so I don't know how and where she got this maturity from but I do I would say a lot of I think all of my friends are on the same wavelength as me and probably even more mature than I am because sometimes I am a bit childish yeah. <laughs> uh, we all are actually but don't you feel like for me personally I like hanging out with people who are more mature than me because if I hang out with them I could learn a lot more same yeah anyways uh you know you you're going to a physical school right 
and how was going back to school after COVID? Oh my gosh, I did not want to see anyone. I'm not gonna lie. So going back to school during COVID was kind of like, gosh, we have to do this again. And like the work was so intense because we missed a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think that was, and then on top of that, I think everyone was stressed because now you're afraid that someone else has COVID. Um, You don't know, you don't want to touch anyone. It was such a struggle. It was really confusing. Mm. But I think after a while, we started getting used to it. People did not wear their masks, which I made, okay, that like, there was a lot going on in my school, especially the teachers. Some teachers didn't wear their masks. And I, I would get so angry because you know it's the end of the pandemic and you're not wearing your mask. Like, and you are a teacher. You're the person, you're supposed to be enforcing the rules here. But um, yeah, other than like social, social, social wise, like I said, it has always been a hard thing for me to communicate with people. Um, so there was just a thing of back then after COVID. It was it was it was almost as if I had to pretend. I think that's something that I've been doing for my whole my high school experience is just pretending to be happy or like more than what I actually am. Just because, like I said, the friend groups and the people that I w- was with, I never really had like a deep connection with them. Mm-hmm. So going back was really hard because I just had to like pretend as if I was happy or it's okay. Because if I wasn't, then I would be alone. So, but now that it's been, I think, two years after it, I think I don't have to pretend anymore. I've got people in my life that are so dope. So, yeah. And also, like, um, did you feel like you fell behind yourself, like you yourself, during online school? Or no. You feel, were you on top actually, of it? Yeah, no, no. Actually, what's so weird, um, I think for me personally, compared to majority of the people, that I've seen and even on YouTube is I have actually experienced the greater side of like the pandemic and actually mm-hmm. doing well. I think it's because like I said, I'm, I'm a very, I'm not antisocial, but like I do love my own space. I felt like I could concentrate more. I felt like I didn't have any distractions. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was more with the teachers as well. It really benefited me, but I know other people who, genuinely struggle their average drop by like 20 percent because they needed that attention from the teacher which they didn't get um yeah yeah, for me i i think it was really helpful my i my average really boosted like i i got very good marks but during online schooling at the beginning of online school was it hard to adjust but you were happy right because i was happy because we could stay home during the pandemic yeah i was was really happy (laughs) But, um, yeah, I feel like it's really hard to adjust, right, from studying at home, online schooling, and you could do whatever you want, right, behind the screen, and then going back to school again in a system, in a, you know, orderly system. It's hard, right? It was hard. I feel like for me, <laughs> there would be moments in class, like, where the teacher was teaching, and then I will just be cooking or making, like, chips. Because uh, uh, um, uh. that was really <laughs> But, but like, I, I think, I, I mean, it benefited me. I don't know how and why. I feel like homeschool or but or at least online school is a very good option for me, but I know my parents would never, ever consider that. But it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I had the time of my life. And I wish I could go back, but not with the COVID, though. 
When you guys were online schooling, did you have to take tests as well? Yes. You guys had to do tests. Did you feel like the work, like it was easier to be tested online where you could, like you had your material in front of you and like you could put it away? Or did you feel like it was easier in normal traditional school? I feel like... (laughs) In my opinion, doing homeschool, I have a choice to being either being dishonest or being honest. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the pandemic at Crawford, online schooling, obviously I'm going to use my books or I would call a friend. That's what I did. I had a group call. <laughs> test, and, and yes, but then later on, you realize that you need to study for a test and you need to be like strict to yourself mm. so that you can learn because exams coming because like if you just keep on cheating how are you going to prepare for your exam i'm not gonna lie yeah. because like in my old school like the school i had to do online school with my other school before i started like proper online school <laughs> every time i cheated i flopped <laughs> i don't know how especially geography i would get the answer write the answer down and mom would be like if you're going to copy from google at least do it properly how are you going to give google the wrong mark bro i like i every time i cheated i flopped so i i just had to like do it on my own otherwise there was no way i was gonna pass yeah <laughs> i was like, gonna pass i have no idea i would literally i would copy and paste and she'd still be like at least do it correctly and i'm like but what did i do wrong <laughs> Is Google lying? What do you mean? But anyways, Deborah? I feel like for me, I was cheating. Because that is cheating, let's be honest. But I I, I don't know. I, I felt guilty for such a long time that I just decided to study. And then it was like an alternation of like using notes and then mm. studying using notes. Because I generally, I don't know why. I see high school as an experiment. So I... I a lot of the times I do things to kind of see whether or not my experiment would actually be okay. So for example, I would study for a test and then if I get a good mark, then I would continue studying. But then if I got a bad mark, then I would just use the book. So it was just like an alternation. Mm. Mm. And then coming back to school, I think I, I think in the beginning I was, I messed up, but then I, I, I like my momentum came back again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, did you feel yeah. like online school taught you better study methods? Because like the way I used to study, or when I joined my new, my new old school, uh, <laughs> um, I realized that I'm very good at just listening to a teacher and then just remembering. But then with online school. I would have like YouTube on the side and just kind of like mute the teacher and watch YouTube just so that I get the attendance. And so I realized that I, I wasn't doing well anymore because I wasn't really listening to the teacher. And even if it, I if I did like tune into class, like if I did actually listen, because it's online, I don't know, my brain went, nah, I didn't really care. So I could zone out quickly. And when I come back, every I don't understand anything. So I had to find Beth, Beth, better, better study methods in order to like survive. And that helped me now that I'm actually properly online schooling because the study methods I use, I learned during COVID are like translated. I feel like for me, um, my study methods were always changing. So even now my study method is completely different to how it was in the beginning of the year because I'm writing um, my June, well, I finished writing my June exams. Um, I've just noticed that like, I don't, I, um, I just keep changing things because 
my mindset is so different to like different topics. So for me, um, after COVID, my um, study method would just be hardcore memorizing. That didn't benefit me in the beginning. And then I started studying to understand. And because I actually like, I, I convinced myself that I love this, these subjects. But now my study method is just study to do well because you have no other choice. Mm. Like you have no other, like there's no other way you can do this. But don't you think that's bad? Like to study only to, <laughs> because you have no other choice. Yeah, I used to love education, but it's gotten to the point where I don't really, a lot of, okay, a lot of the things that I want to do in this life, I I'm, I don't really need in high school. So for example, um, the only reason I'm going to university is to fund myself in the quickest way because my passion since I was young was property development. Mm. So it doesn't really matter. You don't, I think with property development, you do need the foundational education, but I don't really think that you can get that. You could get that from school, but specifically high school, I don't really think you can get that. There's a lot of property developers who, like, I don't, I personally just don't think that I, like the subjects that I do physics is needed to build properties, but I'm just studying everything just because it's my only chance. Um, because you, with the South African system, your, your averages, like if you drop, I think two AP scores or two or three AP scores or whatever, they forget you. So I'm just going hardcore because I just want to do well. And I, I just, it's, I'm not doing it because I love it anymore. I've lost that love for education mm. quite a while ago because I, I the pressure and the way teachers would t- um, teach. And I had a specific teacher, a physics teacher who would always just like scold me and make me feel dumb. And I know that you shouldn't, you know, like allow people to get to you, but like it it's did difficult. get to me. But yeah. It's difficult. And I just realized, you know what? I don't like physics. I was, I was so convinced that I'm going to drop physics. Like I wanted to drop accounting. Well, I did drop accounting, but I wanted to drop physics as well, but then I wouldn't have enough subjects. Mm. So I'm just doing all of this just to, push push because I want to get because I just want to build my freaking property sorry for the use of language Uh, I have a question what exactly is property development okay so property development consists of quite a few things property development is just like building so you have like real estate you have architecture and then I don't know what else you have but you just like there's a lot of components that go into building a property so property development is just like the development of property which is like all these things added in together okay um I feel like every single one of us I don't don't know but it's just experience there's has always been a time where I only think about studying is to just to cope you know for the grade and for university yeah and I know it's not good but it's some form of motivation I think like when I was in our old like our old old school that's how I was studying but to me (laughs) I think I've academically I've grown a lot because like I realized what I wanted who I wanted to become and when like I have like time marks of when I want to do this and how and why. So I think that's my motivation. The fact that I need to become these things. The fact like I have my future basically set. <laughs> I have my future basically set. And now I'm just like, 
working towards that. Whereas like when I was in my old school, I didn't really know where I was going, why I was going or who I was even going to. I was doing whatever my mom said, take the subject because it's good. I took it. I flopped it. I was just, you know, floating by. <laughs> and that's like how I existed. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. When you say that you were um, like studying just to cope, was that just based off the fact that like, um, what was it based on? Was it based on the fact that you didn't like the subjects? You were just doing it just to cope in general or you lost passion for it? For me, it's like, you know how if you aren't doing well in something, you just stop caring and you're just doing it because your parents say you have to do it. Yeah. So like school was just, you have to go to school. And therefore, all the subjects I did, just because my mom said do, like, it's going to help you in the future. I wasn't good at anything. I didn't, I felt like useless a lot of the time. I felt like I was just, you know, I was just there to flop. (laughs) Like, I didn't like the people. Like, (laughs) a lot of the people were annoying. Um, I had, like, certain friends. And then I felt like as we got older, everyone kind of left and you were left alone. So, you weren't even going to school for friends anymore. You would just there to be miserable, go home, still be miserable because you have like a ton of homework and a test the next day, go back to school. It was just like a miserable life. And that's why I decided to leave because I knew if I stayed in that school, there was no way like I was going to go anywhere in my future. And I wasn't happy with like, not even the teachers. I, don't know, I felt like the teachers didn't care about my education they just wanted to like teach to get it over and done with so the moment I left I found like teachers that actually cared about you if you didn't understand something they'll come to you one-on-one and explain it to you and it was like a school of like 10 kids in a classroom so that really helped me get back like maths I got back on track everything I was flopping except commerce but who cares about commerce everything else I was flopping in I got caught up on and that's when like my motivation came back I like realized that this is what I want to become and like I don't have to do school for anyone else because like parents die friends leave then what I'm not gonna like exist around everyone else um so like school for me was bad and I was only studying because I was bad at it and the moment I became better at it, everything was fine. Amy? Yeah. But um, there was a long time where studying, I just I just studied to cope, right? And, you know, like, since you're born, going through grades and going to school is, like, a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you, everyone has to do. So, yeah, I have, it's like a coping thing. I have to study to cope, to pass the grade and maintain this grade. And plus... Most of the time, I don't know what, what my future is. What's my future career? What I want to do? So I, that's not my. So I don't have any motivation. Mm-hmm. That's also a, a reason. Yeah, but one of my motivation, if when I was still in physical school, is that, you know, when you write a test, studying for a test, and if I see someone else's mark and they're higher than me, then yeah, that's and motivated you. Yeah, it, it like motivates me to mm-hmm. do that. I had to. And you, Devor, did you feel like, like, what was your demotivator and your motivator? I think my demotivator were the people around me. My parents have always been okay with my marks. I don't even think my parents care that much about my marks, to be honest, because they mm. know, that, like, you can build a life without school. Mm. But, because um, that's what they did. And, but then, like, the people around me, <laughs> what's even so crazy is that two days ago, we had like a math lesson because we have winter school now. Mm. 
then someone that I was sitting next to who just and like it's been so many years like this person will say something but it's not even like it's intentional mm. um it's just based off their insecurity but like to me that makes me feel dumb and I know I'm not dumb but I also know that I don't really put value on intelligence I put it more in creativity mm. and for me <laughs> it was just a thing of um this specific person has demotivated me in every single way possible is it a student and or a um I just, it's a student and what's even more crazy is that we're going to the same university and the <laughs> same faculty but it's fine um <laughs> but either way <laughs> like there's no escape mm. um soulmates for life no i don't know um but yeah that I think would I think my demotivation comes from like the students around me. I'm everyone puts so much value into their marks, especially in the school. I think that just irritates me because there's more to that. There's more to life. I think I had a conversation with one of my friends where I said, if school stopped for a moment, what would you have that attached to your name? You know, like how people yeah. play instruments or musicians, they have the for them mm. and like for me just a very important thing to have something going for you outside of school and not only just your marks because even if you want to go to university overseas you're competing with thousands millions of people who want to get into it and they have things that are attached to them it's not only mm. just your marks so I think my demotivating, my demotivating factor would be the students and how they view my mindset on how sometimes I'll be like okay dude like it's really not that deep one of my friends even told me like, oh gosh, I feel so sad right now because um, ma'am thinks she has such high expectations for me for physics and I just don't want to let her down. But it was just like, are you doing physics for your teacher or are you mm. doing it for yourself? You need to, you know, focus on what's really important. Yeah. And, you know, back in grade 10, and there was, I was in this math class and I was seated in this whole role of smart people really smart people and uh, like top tens mm. and whenever after a test they would all the people in front of me those people they would trade marks and complain about their marks and i look down my marks like it's slow and i get annoyed you know mm. like, it's so annoying yeah. yeah that's a factor that demotivated me to even go to get into that class mm. because it, it, one of the reasons was also the teacher because she assumes that everyone is on their level so she goes through most of the things in a sweep. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest reason I left that school. It was just, I don't know. Everyone was just bad. <laughs> everyone, I laughed and geez, okay. Everyone was just bad. I didn't feel happy anywhere at any time. But yeah, I think it's like a matter of leaving. Okay, so Emmy and I do the Cambridge curriculum and you, you're doing IEB. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like personally, I feel like the Cambridge curriculum worked wonders for me and my marks and everything. Like, I don't know, I felt like even more heard. The fact that I can just access <laughs> the fact that I can access anything I want at any time really worked for me. Um, I'm not sure about Emmy, but how do you think your syllabus works for you? Um, I don't think my syllabus works for me to my advantage. Mm. I had a situation where I would argue with my teacher for a flipping memo 
you're telling me to study. You gave me the test to study yeah. from, and you don't want to give me the memo. That's just like a thing that goes on with IEB schools is I'm paying so much. Money is like a really valuable thing. And I'm paying so much for a school that does not care about me. They just care about how much I'm giving to them. Mm. I feel like IEB to me, I, I feel like I use, a, I literally have started, I well, in, towards the end of the exams, I decided I was going to use A-level exams to study for my IEB mm. um, exams because it's just, oh, I it's not confusing, but the way that they set up the papers, and I know a lot of people in IEB might disagree with me, but the way that they set up the papers is that the buildup, they made they make it seem, and I'm speaking about physics particularly, that they make the, the subject seem so hard and they want you to be scared. They want you to be scared. I remember there was a support lesson that we I didn't go to because I didn't want to. Mm. <laughs> like it's not that I didn't it's not that I, didn't, I just didn't want to go and then the teacher instilled so much fear in us she was like oh yeah everyone who misses support lesson it's fine you will see um and then also with my maths teacher because a lot of people didn't attend her geometry lesson she was like you know what guys it's fine you didn't attend my geometry lesson you'll see in the exams and she made that exam so hard to prove a point so I, I, I don't like IEB. I would never recommend it to anyone. Once I leave, no offense, I'm going to talk bad about the school just because I I don't agree with the way that they move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. <clears throat> I feel like the re- one of the biggest reasons like Cambridge is superior <laughs> is the like the mere fact that everything is so accessible. Like all exams, past papers from like mm-hmm. the olden days is still available to us if we need, if we want to use them and I think that really worked for me and also um I don't know the fact they just make it seem like you're supportive like I know if I don't do well in my IGCSEs I know you guys can also rewrite but it's not that deep like you can just go and like redo it it's not like I just feel like everyone just, even when you go to the exam center, you get there and people are like, if I don't do well in this one, I think I'll just come back later to write again. Like it's that normal. It's not like a once off, you fail, you fail thing. And that's like, that really helped me. Yeah, Lauren? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just right. wanted to add, I'm so sorry. I wanted to add, um, I have a friend who goes to school in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. And like one of her best friends told me that um, I think the problem with like South African schools is that they put so much stress and pressure on the kids. I think in the Canadian schools, um, they have this thing called credits. So if you don't do well, they can use your credits to boost your marks up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, I would have really appreciated that. I feel like in government schools and in IEB or DBE or DBE? any other... I don't know. I actually don't know. I just don't have this DVD. Um, they just, they're like, it's either you in it or you either do well or you have to repeat. And it's just mm. something that really me because I am a person where I'm, I'm not like other students. It takes a while for me to understand. And then while I'm understanding, you're putting all of those things for marks mm. and it makes it seem like I don't know. And then now I'm stressing because I didn't understand. And now I feel like I don't understand more when you could have allowed me to take my time to understand and I would have performed better. And like also with um, Cambridge, like CIE, everything 
it's so easy even like youtube they they even have like the entire syllabus content in one video for most of the subjects so if you don't understand something by a teacher one like three hour to five hour video you can find the part that you didn't understand and just watch that and they explain it so well I think it's like so well known that there's so many like short like so many things available whereas like IEB and like the South African syllabus isn't as like readily available to all the students so you have to kind of like make up your way through things yeah and you know since for example Cambridge curriculum it's really popular right with mm. the reputation and everything mm. so it's accepted to a lot of places so, and since it's really popular you feel like it's really easily accessible, mm. accessible. so it helps you it help you prepare and study a lot yeah then for example IEB and also well for like the UK schools and everything what I like is they'll tell you you just need an A star in this subject, an A in this subject. And then usually, like usually in A levels, you only have to take three subjects. I took five subjects Over so that, level. nah, so that I have ta- like I have, <laughs> I have subjects that I can pick at if my thing, if the one doesn't work out. So I have like, I need to do well in chem- chemistry and um, biology, but that's all I need to do well in. Then I need one more subject to do well in. Out of my five subjects, I can choose one. So if I flop everything else, that's fine. I can, I will choose the one I need to focus on the most. And the rest is just to support me just for in case. And I think that's good for me. Whereas in, and I also don't have to like take maths and English if I don't need, if I'm not going to be using it in the university that I, or in the field I want to go into, why should I be taking English? You know, why should I be taking maths if I don't need maths? That's what I like. And I don't think like the South African syllabus affords us that because everything you have to take everything and then they go you can how many five subjects instead of seven um i think you have seven subjects is the, is the, is the, um, at the minimum you have to have see we just yeah, have to take right. three but, I, and that's, but then again like it's like first year of the university level in south africa for a level but i just know i feel like it's even if it's first year university level for a level i still feel like it's you it's i can cope better because I'm not being bombarded my, and I know I'm safe. In mm. my opinion, I as much as this is the reality that like South African education system isn't really the best and um, they put so much pressure on the students in high school, I can't really blame them because, um, I mean, yes, I can because the unemployment rate is so high and then you're putting so much pressure on students. But mm-hmm. I just feel as though that's just the culture in South Africa. It's just we're not... Um, well why am I saying I was about to say we're not built like that but I think the system isn't built to our kind of like facilitate freedom or not necessarily freedom but like an environment where there's not that much pressure because I feel as though they just want to produce a lot of kids that meet the requirements that they need so that it's more like saturated and then I don't know if this makes sense in my head it makes sense but more saturated to um to fit i'm not okay you know what the that analogy in my head doesn't make sense but what i'm trying to say is that like i can't really blame south africa because first of all it's not my home country so i know i'm leaving but like i this is just the culture that it is and i think this is just the reality and a lot of the times we just have to kind of like 
accept it and then build it because I feel like that's the first way to kind of change things. Mm. But the problem is the leaders that I think the problem is the leaders because that contributes to the unemployment rate because you're taking our money and like people actually <laughs> I love how that's yeah. a school to you're taking our money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you've been quiet. Um no I was just you know I feel like since okay so for example if I went to um physical school right mm-hmm. and yeah. for example south africa and every exams like you feel like you only have one chance you know so yeah you get that feeling you only get this one chance if not you have to like redo the grade and go back to school again but here i um since i'm doing cambridge and uh, plus homeschool if i for example if i don't do well in this particular exam i could wait for next year because i'm the one that registered mm-hmm. you know get the yeah. opportunity so so it makes you feel there's that there's a safety net mm. and right? also yeah and also it's not like a matter of redoing an entire grade if I did well in everything else and I just don't do well in chemistry I will redo chemistry only and the highest mark is the one they take like that's what I like I don't have to bother with so much <laughs> like I, the pressure won't be as much compared mm. to the one that I'm and I to a normal school and the stigma is so much less like it's not it's just the yeah, I think I'll just redo. You know, it's it's not like a oh my gosh, you're stupid. It's just I I don't think I was ready. I do, I think I'll redo. And also, I don't have to do all my subjects at all at once. So if I want to do chemistry and physics this year, and then do all like bio, math, and English next year, I can. It's all on me. Yeah. So that's what I like. And I think um, the the reason I'm really allowed to do it is because I am online schooling because I know like with a traditional school, it's harder to do that with students because I feel like it's more expensive to get all those papers. But with online school, this is all on you. You decide when and why and how. Yeah, you decide like when you're ready for this specific subject. Mm. Anyways. Um, Okay. Um, Okay. So how do you guys feel about the, the ban on abortion in certain states in America? I I strongly disagree with mm. what's happening because in my opinion, in my point of view, it's your body, it's your choice. So why would anyone take that rights away from you? Especially men. But um, how about you, Deborah? Yeah, I agree. And I had an argument or at least a debate with someone um, about this because I said that like, as much as this is like, something that we all collectively disagree with i think mm. everyone in the world disagrees no with uh, uh well um, yeah except people <laughs> that made the rule but um it was almost as if it was like coming and i don't know why i just like and and like this leads into like the next thing that they're going to do is that they're even reconsidering gay marriages or yeah that's yeah, what's like that's like the i think the one thing that everyone's like panicking about is if they were able to make this a law like take this take away this right then what's stopping them from doing everything else like yeah like what's next because for me it was just i i i just always noticed that there's just been like this kind of like hidden everyone is so like um i'm pro lgbtqia plus but then behind and i'm speaking like specifically about people in my grade mm. um behind the scenes it very was always you, you would never have yeah you're very homophobic you you would be very uncomfortable with having a gay son or a gay mm. child um and i think with this whole um notion of them kind of reconsidering everything 
it also just makes me look at the fact like just look at how many people are going to be okay with the fact that that is now the reality because a lot of people yeah a lot of people are very like in the shadows about things which very like it irritates me and i i have a feeling and i hope this doesn't happen but i have a feeling that that whole gay marriage lgbtqia plus thing will actually be banned or like i forgot how you call it banned i think um in the united states that's i i think that's what's gonna happen i really don't want it to happen i really hope it doesn't happen and with the abortion thing i think it's just so unfortunate because we are women and as much as like it takes two to tango we are the ones carrying the child like we are the ones we are like we are the ones who are allowed to decide what we do with our bodies i just feel mm. like it's just so because once again it's women who are being put down in this freaking misogynistic world and it will always be that way and so i don't even i don't know just irritating and you know by implementing this law this new law uh and people are still gonna get abortion but mm. in a more dangerous and discreet yes. way by implementing this law you um you basically putting those people in more danger mm. right and don't you feel like if you're pro-life and you don't want the child at, or you don't have the necessity to bear a child then wouldn't it be really awful to bring the child to the world mm. And like another yeah. thing for me, like one of the biggest things is the fact that um, people are going to get raped and everything. There's going to be rape. There's going to be like abuse. Remember we were in, I don't remember if you guys heard the story, but remember, but remember we were in class and our teacher told us about how her, uh, but her, um, her cleaner came to her one day and was like, my daughter's pregnant. And mom was like, whoa, like, obviously because her daughter, it's a child, like it's not an um a fully grown woman and um the lady's like yeah no it's fine like I told her that like I made it happen and um man's like how and she goes I got her uncle to have sex with her I got her uncle that's basically rape just because she expected um money from the government but the the thing is like at least <laughs> um at least some people would still be able to run away and get an abortion, right? If your parents were, like, if your parents did something as awful as that, at least you can still run away and get an abortion and move on with your life. Now that the abortions have been, like, criminalized, what's going to happen? All those children who are in abusive homes, all of them who are raped, are all going to have to give birth to those kids. It's just so ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's just... There are people in this world who can not financially provide for their kids. Exactly. There are many other reasons why people would want to abort their child. Exactly. They could have been um, by their partner and now they have their child and now they don't want their child to grow up in that environment. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's just so... I, I don't hate men. I really don't. But once again, it's men who are setting these controlling. things. Again, controlling. Controlling things. Controllable and- women. I do understand that it comes from, because a lot of the times these things come from a religious perspective. The Bible says that, like, I don't know, but like it says something about like life is valuable and precious. Mm-hmm. But also we, I, we need to understand that like or the Bible or whatever like religious book there is, is that like, I think the most important thing to understand is that it's a guide and I'm not just, I'm not trying to like reduce its value and say mm-hmm. that it doesn't mean anything, but it is majority of the time it's a guide it doesn't apply to well it does but what i'm trying to say it's a guide it's not like a 
I have to follow this, this, and this, and that. Yeah. Because it's not like the end all be all of all decisions. Yeah, it's not the end all be all. And I think, I think it's just, it's once again, it's men and who, and I, who are controlling people. And it's just so unfortunate. And I feel like the holy scriptures are like basically yours to interpret how you want to interpret them. Like this is you and your God. No one else is allowed to decide whether or not like you're supposed to feel this just because they believe this with their God. Like it's it's not that deep. Calm down. Focus on yourself. Let everyone else focus on themselves. Another like thing with the abortion thing that scared me was you know how like it wasn't done in like every single state. It's only certain states that have to follow like the yeah. that the law was placed on. I guess that the law was placed on. Now like my one of my fears is the is that. Um, a lot of people who live in who goes to state universities aren't really able to leave those like their home you know the home states to go to other universities because like of money and like and they get it's cheaper or free to them now if um it's university like people do things in university (laughs) that's just like university culture now imagine how many 18 19 20 year olds are all going to be pregnant with children that they can't get rid of and have to deal with throughout the entire, like the entire thingy, um, university life and won't even be able to finish school because they have to use the money they're using to pay for university to now take care of this child. Like imagine how much poverty that's going to create. Yeah, and you know, since this this happened, right? Mm. Then the amount of, the abortion, like the amount of informations about abortions will be tampered, what do you say? Mm. Will be tampered. And do you know that I've seen this video where there is a fake abortion clinic? There's a truck. There are trucks that um, park close to the real abortion clinic that disguised as a, an, a legit abortion clinic. And if you, for example, you're going there, you don't know, right? And you mm. see an abortion clinic. You go in there and they will, apparently they will show you a video, videos of gruesome abortions and stuff like that. And they will try to convince you somehow to not get an abortion. That is so disgusting. It's so disrespectful. Just mind your own business. That's my thing. Just live your life away from everyone else. I think what's even worse that the United States has so much control over Exactly. They have so much power. And I feel like that's going to influence other countries who have wanted to do this. It's going to, like, um, justify That's what I them was saying. Actually, yeah. That's what I was saying. Just, but that, with that whole truck thing, I think that's just... Messed people up. Are, people are so, and, and, and that could also play into the reason why a person might not want to have their child in this world. Because let's not lie, this world is a little bit twisted. And it's, it's messed like up. Do you not want someone, a kid, into a world that's already so screwed? Yeah, and you know, imagine, like, after this law being implemented, imagine how many more trucks are going to appear. Exactly. And, okay, well, time's almost over, so I'm going to tell you something kind of lighthearted about this whole thing. Aurora? What happened? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, like, something sort of lighthearted about this whole thing. It's sort of, it's kind of like messed up, but it's kind of like a drug dealers on Twitter <laughs> are now selling free, of, are now selling abortions and pregnancy tests <laughs> to people. So because it's like such a precious commodity now, I guess. 
So that's something. Um, thank you so much for listening. This is Shout the end. Huh? Shout out to drug dealers. Shout out to drug dealers. You know, they're always the first ones to be on top of it. They're always there. Yeah. They're always there within your room. The door's always open. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you, Deborah, for joining on such short notice. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, we hope Bye. to see you next week. <laughs>